Hello, welcome to today's episode of Jews and the Numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy. I'm Corwin Heller. As you can tell by the tone and tenor of our voices, we're living the dream over here right now. Um, life is great. From you live from the pearly gates. Yeah, I'm calling at you live from barely hanging on. Oh, it's been long weeks for the two of us, which means this might end up being a shorter podcast, but we will see. Um, I'm sure that greatly affects your listening day. Um, so, oh well. So, uh, yeah, it is uh, It is May 4th as we're recording this. Uh, happy Star Wars Day to all of you who observe. Um, observe. It's, it's a bad franchise. People should stop paying attention to it, but whatever. Um. Dusty Baker yesterday on May the 3rd became uh, one of the few managers to achieve over 2,000 career wins. Ain't that something, Corwin? I suppose. I mean, if only he got a hit in each one of those games. It's a lot of hits. Yeah, but that's... uh... Yeah, you know, all right, I can't, I can't fault the logic. I guess. I mean, that that would be a lot of hits. <laughs> I mean, you got me there. <laughs> you, you got nah. me there. Nah. Be a, it would be a lot of, be a lot, lot of hits. Um, and it's really a crazy number to have to consider because when you think about how many games. 2000 games is in the first. All right, so let's do this. Isn't what I really plan on doing, but let's do some light math here. Um, if you won every game of the season, how many seasons would it take for you as a manager to get 2000 wins? If you won every game of the season, all 162 games, I don't know, like 14, 12. 12 straight perfect winning 12 straight 162 winning seasons 12 into the 13th a third of the 13th season you would right. need to win as well which That's obviously crazy shit. makes it just ridiculous um 12 sure 12 going on 13 i don't think so um and yeah, that's Dusty baker man he's old he's been around yeah, and that's the thing, you know, obviously looking at the, the list of all-time winners uh, for, for managers, it's uh, first off, there's only a, 12 of them. So that's a pretty exclusive list considering all the managers in the history of baseball. Um, and all these guys are, are, are guys that uh, managed forever. Connie Mack, who I think managed for like 50 years, obviously leads this leaderboard. But then guys like Tony LaRusa. Turnover. Connie Mack. Yeah. The return of the Mac. Yes. Yeah, but he'll have um, a knife on him at all times, so he'll also be Mac the knife. The return of the Mac the knife. Um, Tony Larusa, who refuses to die, just by all of us wanting him to. Um, John McGraw, who doesn't sound like a real man, but was a manager um, back in the I'm early. Sure he's 1900s. a country singer. Yeah, or, or like a, a country legend, like a folk legend. The story of John McGraw also sounds like a movie John Wayne would have starred in in 1942 instead of serving in the military. Um, <laughs> sorry, coming for your guts. Ooh. 
uh, fucking yeah, I've heard, Duke. I've heard some things about how awful John Wayne was as a person. Oh, you mean the? Oh, you mean raging uh, uh, racist and, mm-hmm. and probably anti everything, uh, John Wayne. Yeah, dude sucks. Heard- he, play, he played Genghis Khan in a movie as a white man. Why? I heard he had to be physically restrained by police officers because he wanted to uh, beat up the, I forget her name, but the Native American woman who received the Oscar in place of Marlon Brando. Yeah. Physically restrained by authorities. How dare she be brown and on that stage at the same time? How dare the help be seen oh, on camera? God. The word the help is just awful. It's the worst. Yeah. Good movie. Uh, yes, let's go Octavia Spencer and uh, Viola Davis at the same time. Emma Stone. And you human were there, feces but, yeah. in baked goods. Also, Octavia Spencer robbed that Oscar from Viola, but whatever. Uh, Bobby Cox, who managed forever. Joe Torre, who managed forever. Sparky Anderson, who managed forever. Like these are a bunch of guys. Uh, Bucky Harris, Joe McCarthy, Walter Alston, Leo DeRocher, Bruce Bochy, and then... Dusty Baker here at number 12. Um, and it's just wild to consider how much time that is. Dusty Baker altogether has been managing for 25 years with some breaks in between too. Not even 25 contiguous years, like, like 25. He didn't manage in 2007, 2014, 15, 18 or 19. Uh, and still, I mean, God damn. Who was what was the two year stint? Seventeen and eighteen. That was between the his time with the Nationals and then the Astros. Uh, yeah, so it was ten years with the Giants to start. With the Giants, he went eight forty and seven fifteen. Um, that was uh, he was there for all the Barry Bonds years, so ninety three to two thousand two. So um, that's good for think, a lot of wins. Yeah, and when you think. Unfortunately, the Giants weren't the best team, um, hence by the uh, noted by the fact that the Giants never won a World Series. They appeared in, I think, just the one World Series in that whole time. Um, actually, that wouldn't have even been. No, O2 was when they lost to the Angels. Yeah. Uh, yes, four, th- four to three, game seven, they lost to the Angels. Um, but whatever, uh, not, not the point. So then after that, he gets canned and goes to Chicago with the Cubs. And with the Cubs, he has the only losing record of his career. He goes 322 and 326, but also it's the Cubs. They are bad. He then goes to the Cincinnati Reds in 2008, takes a year off between um, the Cubs and the Reds. And with the Reds, he finds some success with a team that historically is not the best, um, at least in terms of recent history. Manages to go 509 to 463. Uh, Then he goes on in 2016 to manage with the Nationals for two years, goes 192 and 132, and is most recently been with the Astros for the last three seasons and is um, 137 to 109. So, I, I mean, a career win percent of 534. It's pretty fucking good, man. He's got two pennants, uh, no World Series, however, but two pennants. Um, three-time manager of the year. Fucking cool-ass dude. 
You know what? I know he's with the Astros now. Get him to 3,000. Manage until he's 95. All right, hold on. Let's do some quick math on that. So, <laughs> so uh, his career win percent is 534. So, in order for him to win 1,000 more games, he would have 534. Yeah, 534. He'd have to manage another 1,872 games to do that. So let's take that and divide by 162. That's another 11 years. Dusty Baker is currently 72. He's actually about to turn 73 in like a couple days. So he's 73. So he'd be managing until he is 84. He can do it. Well, actually, it'd be 85 because you have to round up. So instead of 11 and a half, it'd have to be 12 seasons. So he uh, needs to do it. 85. Yeah, absolutely you, needs to do it. At what point do you walk away from the game? That's the thing I don't I I, I, I get it and I don't get it a little bit with, with some of these old dudes who hang around because it's like all you know is baseball, you love baseball, whatever your sport is, but you know, like you grew up in it, you played it, you know, you you had the success with managing it, and then just never just never leave. And at what point is it time is it time to be like all right, I'm good. Like Dusty Baker started his professional like MLB playing career in 1968. So from 1968 to today in 2022, a solid 44 years. All he's done is baseball. That's some shit. I mean, if you get to the point where you do something for that long and you don't already have the inkling to retire, you're doing it until you're physically I, I don't want to say inebriated because I don't know for a fact that's not the right word but like there's a physical barrier to you continuing on or in the case of guys like Antonio Cromartie until you have enough money to pay child support I don't think Dusty Baker has that problem no he has enough money for his child support yeah um, also, shout-outs to Dusty Baker, the ball player. Uh, 37 career war, uh, career OPS plus of 116. He's got to be a Hall the, of Fame. 2,000 wins and 37 war as a player? That's more war than uh, Mike Trout has this year. Yeah, but that's just one. No one has 37 Shh. war. Who, uh, it, it, I'm not sure if you know offhand, because uh, I'd rather if you didn't and could make a really fun guess. Who has the sure most war in baseball so far? Uh... Uh, Using baseball say Suzuki. Say Suzuki. Uh, Suzuki, I do not see in the top 10. Well, about a week ago he did. So, fuck oh, off, guy. Uh, balls. Uh, Eric Hosmer. The Hos baseman. is not in the top 10. No. Um, all right. Let me give, let me think on it and actually give you uh, a now, solid guess. Now with your silhouette, looks like I'm interviewing like a CIA. Like, oh, now, now you all look all regular, but for a second, you were so blacked oh, out. Shit. It like a documentary. Oh, yeah, no. right. Oh. Yeah. Um, is it a pitcher or position player? It is currently a position player, which feels fascinating given the fact that pitchers have been having such a dominant start to the season. But so a Dominant um, batsman. All right. Outfielder. Nope. Ooh, infielder. Yes. 
Yeah, all right. Uh, the, the true two genders. <laughs> um, an infielder. Fuck, I don't know. Um, uh, I've Anthony Rizzo, nine home runs. Anthony Rizzo, I believe, currently playing the outfield. Um, sorry, oh, I was thinking, sorry, I was thinking of the other former Cub, uh, Chris Bryant. No, not Anthony yeah. Rizzo. Uh, your 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 boy, Manny Machado. Oh man, I knew two Padres have over 1,100 OPS, and I went with the one that I thought would be the funnier answer instead of the one I like. Damn, it's I love really, that for Manny. It's a really wild top ten right now. It's Manny Machado with 2.1 WAR using Baseball Reference, then Nolan Arenado wow. with two, uh, Tommy Edmond with two, uh, uh, JP Crawford with 1.8. Mike Trout at five with 1.8. Jose Ramirez with 1.5. And then a two-way tie at seven between um, Brad Keller and Merrill Kelly, also each with 1.5. Number nine is Keegan Thompson with 1.5. And then number 10 is a tie between CJ Crone and Juan Soto, each with 1.4. Cool. Truly a bizarre list of people. So seven through 10, with the exception of Juan Soto, are four guys that we absolutely will not see here at the end of the year. Four guys who will like this will be their end of year war as well. If not lower. Yeah, like something tells me that the um, three pitchers for three teams that aren't going anywhere this year, like a pitcher for the Royals, Diamondbacks and Cubs. These three men are not holding here. And CJ Crone, I can't imagine he's going to keep up whatever pace he's on that justifies his his being here. Could you imagine being a player <laughs> is, who is sorry, told ahead. at some point that like, oh my God, on May 4th, you had like 1.8 war? That's fucking incredible, dude. How'd you like that is so much production? What'd you finish the year with? Um 0.8. Wow, so you had like a, a two and a half war season? No, not what I said. I had 0.8. Like, oh, dude, you stuck. So you so you got you lost a war. <laughs> you, were, you were worth the full negative one where you were worse than nobody. So yeah. so yeah. for 80% of the season, you were useless. Worse. Worse. Yeah. Got paid. It's all the got paid. <laughs> Got paid. Guaranteed money, baby. As of today, CJ Crone leads all of baseball in home runs and total bases and leads the National League in RBIs and slugging and has an OPS plus Mm -hmm. of 189. Is there a is there a top prospect that, you know, making his debut this is his rookie year just got called up that also happens to be named cj crone no it is this is the um, same this is the, the same cj crone who for the 2017 angels uh had an ops of 741 ops plus of 98 um and had a a war for a full season of 1.1 wow CJ Crone, so, so far, he's that this exact season, guy we talked about. CJ Crone, for so far, this entire th- just these um, 23 games has more war than one, two, three, 
for five seasons of his career. Small sample sizes, people. Small sample sizes. It's just incredible. Like obviously he can't keep it up, but um, he's trying, and I am here for it. I guess it's I. It's amazing. Um. Yeah, so just to put a bow on it, I guess. Dusty Baker, Hall of Famer? Yeah. All right. Uh, quick aside, or quick quick side um, question, I guess. The Mets threw a combined no-hitter the other day. It was their first combined no-hitter in history, and I believe only their second no-hitter um, after the Johan Santana no-hitter. If you're asking me if I care about a combined no-hitter, the answer is unequivocably no. Yeah. Can you speed up that one segment so it sounds like I said that word normally? No, and you also added a B that isn't there. Unequivocally? Um, Unequivocally. Ah, fuck. Yeah. Because to me, it, it... It's more like a fun fact about a great outing than it is an accomplishment in the way that a no hitter for an individual is an accomplishment. Like it, it it's because of, there's such a fact. It's like of, hitting a hole in one on a penalty shot. It's like, cool. Yeah. That you hit it in the hole uh, in, in one stroke off the tee, but you know, that was your third stroke. Like it, it doesn't count. I'd even say it's less than that because multiple people have to accomplish it. You know what I mean? Like multiple Mm. people come in to do it whose jobs are to throw with the notion that they're not sticking in the game very long. So they're going to go balls the fuck out. And obviously that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to find success. We see lots of relievers not have success the most common thing in baseball for everybody involved is to have not success. Um, but still, if we're reducing down everybody into single inning sample sizes of what could be done, like to, to say that a reliever didn't allow any hits in one inning isn't a very wild concept to me. Not that I think a reliever allows. Actually, you know what? All right. Now I'm going to I'm going to try to look something up. Um, the average batting average against for a relief pitcher in baseball. Give me one second. All right. So I did a query eh? on um, baseball reference to look for the uh, batting average against for pitchers with more than um, 80%, of their appearances as a reliever. Uh, Actually, should I put an innings limit on it? How many how many innings is fair for uh, t- less than 30 games? Uh, less than 30 games for a reliever? Pick a, pick a reliever. I'll see how many innings they've pitched so far this season. Uh, I'll say like 20. Oh, that seems like a lot. But give me give me a reliever. Who's a reliever? Uh, name a woman. Uh, to, name to Adam Adivino. I don't know why... I just started spelling Adam with a T. Literally, Adam the first name. Been in baseball for twelve years. Oh my God, he was wow. with what the that, Rockies for a while. 
Yeah, I guess I just underestimated how much time he was with the Rockies for. Seven years. Uh, Otto has 9.2 innings. So maybe I'll put it at seven. Wow. Yeah, I'll put innings pitched at seven. Seven. All right. Hold on, folks. We'll be back. All right, so now with the innings limit of seven innings minimum, of seven innings pitched, I've got 200 guys here uh, who have amassed a total so far this season of 1,889 innings pitched between these these relievers. Uh, They have allowed 1,388 hits in 6,940 at bats so far this season. Um, and that brings us to a batting average against of 200. 200 is a very low batting average. 200 is bad. Are you muted? Are you trying to say something? You now unmute yourself to shake your head. To tell me no. So congratulations on both, both parts of that. Um, and so it, it feels like it really detract because hitting the ball is the harder thing to do. And there's a number of, of guys who, and yeah, it's early in the season and this will change, but there's a number of guys who have under a, that, that 200. And it's like a, like a role is Chapman. Josh Hader right now has a batting average against in um, 9.1 innings has a batting average against of zero 67 because he has allowed two hits. And again, yeah, those numbers will change, but hitting is indefinitely harder than pitching in terms of get, achieving your success and out versus an actual hit. And so especially it, today. Yeah. And so to say that, like, uh, however many relievers the Mets use, I don't really give a shit. Let's say three relievers and your starter managed to cobble together. No hits. It's like, all right. But like fucking. Is that an accomplishment that that three or four of your leaders didn't allow a hit in their outings versus one guy having to pitch all nine innings and do that without allowing any hits? Like, it's just so indeterminably the harder thing to do. Like the the biggest obstacle in the way of a no hitter isn't necessarily, you know, forcing guys you know to hit ground balls into defense like a huge obstacle is just surviving long enough to pitch nine full innings yeah it, it it's like uh it's like what's harder running uh running a a, a, a four four thousand meter 400 meter no which one's a long one four thousand right 1600 a long dash what's a long dash a half marathon. Um, it's like having to run a sure. half a marathon by yourself versus having to do it as a relay team. Like, yeah, sure. everyone's got to yeah. still run pretty fast. You know, like you got to be good, but you can go a lot harder and probably do it a lot quicker than somebody running by themselves. It, it can be done running by yourself. Most of you know, if you commit to running a half marathon and don't have a time limit, you can run a half marathon however the fuck long you feel like it. Um, but it it's still it. You're muted again, buddy. No, uh, then my microphone just changed. Just so sad. But uh, it, it, I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like, ah, fuck this shit. We don't need to talk about it ever. Because like, it's like, oh, that's nice. But honestly, it feels more like a failure 
on uh, the part getting the party getting no hit. And it feels, again, more like a, a fun thing that the team accomplished rather than something that gets celebrated the way we celebrate no hitters as a collective fan base. Oh, maybe I'm grouchy. Yes, but you're allowed to be grouchy and correct sometimes. Um, okay, so I guess let's transition to something else we can be angry about for a little bit. Um, well, not angry about, but uh, it's a displeasing taste nonetheless. Trevor Bauer has been uh, finally formally reprimanded by MLB after the conclusion of their investigation. And he has been sentenced to uh, two years, a two-year ban that is not including any time served from his previous, I think it was like 99 or 93 games he's already been um, on leave for. uh, And he will not be receiving any pay for those games missed. And he will not be receiving any pay for any of the uh, time that he will be spent uh, banned from the sport. So did I hear you say that he would be able to essentially miss out on time served like he right the the previous amounts because you know he it's been all these like week to week um continued uh leave of absences essentially continued Mm -hmm. it's like small time bands those don't count towards okay his uh, his um suspension right i just wanted to make sure I, i heard you right right so effectively, that means that he can't return to baseball until springtime ish of uh, 2024, which at that point, with that stretch of time uh, out of out of MLB, likely out of baseball, because it's very unlikely he's able to get a job overseas. Um, KBB, uh, NPB, um, the Dominican leagues, I, I would be surprised if any of them took him in. He might find some place in like the CPBL, maybe, but it's a stretch. Um, and at, at the point at which he comes back, he will have been out of baseball for two years and oh, also 33. As a pitcher. And if he were to become eligible again, who wants that? Like two years down the line, he might still be in court dealing with all the fallout from him being, you know, a a man who commits sexual assault. And I'm not sure a team's going to take that guy because I'd like to think they have the morality not to, but also be a PR nightmare. Uh, Tony Russo um, is still manager. As far as I know, Um, there's plenty of guys in the league that, have done dumb, bad, illegal, and immoral shit that are still in the league. I, I mean, we say it with the NFL all the time, like, oh, there's no way he gets touched, but it's been the fairly documented yeah. um, that uh, that don't matter. It, it, yeah. Again, I'd like to sit here and say that it will this time, but I feel like I've said that about every time and then it keeps not mattering um but i think maybe that combined with the time oh but again deshaun watson got a new fucking contract and i can't wrap my head around that shit either but regardless um 
it is the harshest penalty delivered for uh, sexual assault, domestic violence in MLB history, which good. Let's get used to them being longer. They probably should be much longer than they currently are. If your complaint is that it, because uh, some people have complained, if, if your complaint is that this is much longer than our, our normal domestic violence suspensions, oh, good. Um, who's angry about things happening in the right direction? It's like being mad that you got a raise. This isn't the usual size of my paycheck. No, it's bigger. It's better. More good. So no complaints about the suspensions heading in the right direction on my end. On here? No. Uh, Do you think he comes back? Honestly, no. I I feel like this one's received a lot of public. Again, though, the fucking Deshaun Watson. But my gut says no. There's a frailty around pitching. There's such an immediacy with which some players become bad. There is such like an instantaneous debilitation that that can come with pitching that is so unlike any other professional uh, athletic position. Um, To a certain extent, we see it with guys like running backs or quarterbacks, but even then it's like one wonky pitch or just like your velo being down a few miles per hour and your fuck your goose is fucking cooked. You know, it really can be that quick or that small of a difference that ends up piling on, you know, like if the average speed of the average fastball increases in the next couple of years and Trevor Bowers declines because he is getting older, um, all of a sudden, the gap between where he, I guess, kind of would need to be and where he is today gets might get big enough to the point where it's like, ah, fucking, we don't need this headache. We don't need this guy who is the worst and is bad, or at least not as good as what we could get elsewhere. So I, my gut is no. Um, what about you? Um, my gut says yes. I mean, I think if it was, well, I was about to say if it was me in this situation, but I can't imagine it ever be in this situation. Um, two years removed from the sport, having to, you know, go through a, a throwing program on your own, all this training on your own. I know money's not an issue, but just the funding of a MLB level conditioning nonstop year round is probably a lot. And I don't know if I'd be willing to stick it through just to hope and pray that you have a chance to get back. Um, at the same time, that's also part of the reason why I'm not a professional athlete. Cause I, I don't have that just burning drive in me. Uh, and it's Trevor Bauer. His ego is, um, honestly larger than Bartolo Colon. Uh, so I could easily see him forcing a comeback just to say, fuck you. I'm better than you all. You, you know, play the victim again. I, I think he's going to try and stage some sort of comeback at 33. I'm sure he's going to try to, it's just whether anybody takes him up on it. I'm not sure, but Hey, I guess we'll find out. Somebody will. Speaking of suspensions, uh, Switching sports for a moment, DeAndre Hopkins was recently suspended uh, the, for the first six games of the upcoming NFL season 
because he tested positive for, I, I believe it was three different kinds of um, prohibited steroid substances and also like a beaver tranquilizer, um, something wacky. Corbin, did you mute yourself again? Yes, I did. Stop uh, it. Just stop muting yourself. Nah, dude. I make like noises and shit. Uh, no, that's I'd just a quote from Dodgeball. I'd rather you continuously fart into this microphone every second you're not speaking than continue to forget you've muted your microphone and make me say this. No, I'm going to make you work for it. Itch. DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah. Beaver tranquilizer. Yeah. Troop 417. You are disqualified. Something, something, something. Low grade beaver tranquilizer. God damn you, Bernie's. Um, love that movie. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, there's no defending it at this point. Like, DeAndre Hopkins, like, you have been in the league a long time. You are a very physical receiver. You know what you can and cannot take. Three different plus potentially some sort of large animal tranquilizer. Uh, it's not like, oh, I, I took some weird off-brand aspirin that had something in it or I was doing something for um, you know sperm cell treatment uh, that, like that pitcher did. Um, it's just like fuck off guy like i'm i'm very much over this shit i'm tired of players getting suspended for shit that honestly like i'd rather you just be bad than get suspended for this garbage do you think it's it's worth allowing certain things if if theoretically an argument could be made and i'm not smart enough at medical science <laughs> to make any such argument, but let's assume that there is an argument to be made that says um, certain to a certain extent, like a certain amount or what have you of uh, steroids or HGH or whatever help prevent injuries in a way that would be beneficial to the, to the NFL and its players. Do you think maybe they, they relax some of that? I mean, I do not know enough about these drugs to, uh, I know enough about drugs, just not these drugs. Uh, what do you know about these drugs? <laughs> they're fun. Uh, to know what their actual effects are and, and what the repercussions would be for allowing some for muscle repair and recovery compared to muscle growth. I'm fairly certain that's pretty much one and the same in my uneducated and dumb brain. I feel like the last thing we need is more muscle and bigger players running into each other, the speed of small vehicles. Well, I mean, less so the, um, cause there's two types of steroids is the anabolic steroids and the other, the other type of steroids. I forget which one's which, but I, I know that basically one steroid is for um, uh, muscle inflammation reduction. And another one is that promotes, um, like muscle regeneration, like the, the, the fibers that actually uh, get torn when you do a workout and then uh, reconnect and reform larger. Uh, and the point of taking steroids, like if you um, 
like you sprain your, your ankle or some shit like that, they'll give you steroids for it because it helps uh, reduce the inflammation. And the idea behind that is you recover faster. So you won't be building strength back necessarily. Like it won't make you stronger, but it will cut down on the amount of time it takes for you to feel better. And that's why I, I wonder if maybe there's a certain extent to which you know, regulate but the problem. I think the biggest problem is that then it becomes the standard. Everyone's going to start doing it. Maybe that's not what you want, but I, I, I don't know. Just wondering, throwing it out there. Maybe more drugs is good drugs. Maybe the best drugs is more, more drugs. I think on a national level, that is the case. Um, but in this specific case, I think my answer has to be, I am not informed enough to make an educated decision. How would you Send feel? Committee. How would you feel about the Pro Bowl? But everybody who agreed to be there had to do acid for the game. God, yes, we've talked about this before. And yes, 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 yes. We have. I can't believe we've talked about uh, this for baseball. Oh yeah, because I was gonna say with uh, Emily Nyman. It, it feels different because for football, like the Pro Bowl isn't serious in the first place, and I think we've all right. been trying to find a way to make it more enjoyable because no one's going to go hard because no one wants to get hurt but no one wants to watch soft football. So let's just make them fuck, dr- drug everybody up, man. Team meth versus team cocaine. We got a, we got a higher bill Ponderosa <laughs> to, to, to spike the milk jug with bath salts. Uh, and what do we get Maureen Ponderosa to do? <laughs> Stop being a damn cat. <laughs> you ever seen a grown woman shit in a box? Yeah, I know we're going to talk about it later in a different podcast, uh, but I just can't not see Tom Sizemore in things now and think not think of his episode of It's Always Sunny. Because we just, for reference, Corey and I have a movies podcast. And we, we're about to talk about uh, Saving Private Ryan, which has time, Tom Sizemore is one of the main supporting actors. And every time his face was on screen, I just kept thinking to myself, why don't we go get a hotel room and you can split me open like a coconut? <laughs> <laughs> I will not be sucked by you and I will not suck on you. I need someone who's better at editing than I to fucking cut that into a very dramatic scene in Saving Private Ryan. I know it's so it's so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, But anyway, I do think it's funny how every time we get a PED suspension, whether it's in football or baseball or what have you, um, Every player's shocked. They're like, I can't believe I had drugs in my system. And it's like, I can't believe the guy I do drugs with got caught and I didn't. Damn. Like, it was one thing when, when Bobby Cano got caught, Robinson Cano got caught, because his thing was like, I got prescribed a diuretic, but that diuretic is commonly associated with steroid use because it's used to flush drugs out of your system. And that one, I... I actually almost kind of believed but the rest of them is like how did those steroids get in my body i don't know and it's like yeah all right come on just say you got caught like it doesn't change the fact you're getting suspended man like you're getting suspended just be like ah thought i got away with it damn oh man i just i just really love drugs guys sorry <laughs> You know what I love? Being gigantic and not getting hurt. 
uh, <laughs> hey guys, you know how I'm really good at football? Well, guess what? I'm trying to be even better. Sorry for trying. I'm sorry I tried so hard. I took my speedy lightning pills, did a thousand push-ups in a row, took a quick nap, and did 2,000 sit-ups. I just, I need like DeAndre Hopkins just to come out and be like, I thought I was doing these drugs recreationally. Uh, I took the wrong ones. Uh, I was very I, confused when I did not get high, but I thought uh, I did not take yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I was doing peyote. I, I don't know where that needle came from, but... I thought that's what that was. Sorry. <laughs> that is why I smoked the steroids. I did not realize they needed to be injected. <laughs> uh, anybody watching this live, please do not smoke out of that bong. It is not going to be good for you. That's why it's also funny. Like One of the, the, the quotes from Deshaun Watson's or DeAndre Hopkins, <laughs> wrong NFL guy, um, quote was a, uh, as careful as I've been, clearly I wasn't careful enough. <laughs> like, like there's steroids randomly scattered around the world that you might just bump into a needle by accident. Like it was so, it was so passive. Like every now and then, a a, a ninja just pops out of a bush with a, with a couple of steroid needles and tries to get him. And every day he's like, nope, nope, nope. And then one day he's like, oh, oh got me. See, I took that completely differently where I thought it was him saying like, ah, I thought I was doing good not to get caught, but <laughs> yeah, clearly yeah. I slipped up, you know, <laughs> damn, I've, <laughs> I've been getting away guys, with so much I'll be shit. more careful next time. You'll never catch I, me now. Yeah, I, I really thought I would keep getting away with it. Oh, man. <laughs> Just careful as I've been. Clearly, I wasn't careful enough. That's fucking funny, man. That's really fu- just say I've been doing drugs the whole time. It's more commendable to be to be open and honest with your drug behaviors. Oh, but, are these am I not allowed to take these? I've been doing these for years. Nobody's said anything before. I'm so I'm so sorry. <laughs> guys. I, I, yeah, honest misunderstanding. You know, the old drug tester guy, he said that all this was cool. <laughs> so. I think I'm grandfathered in to the steroids. Oh, my God. Could you imagine getting grandfathered into steroids? <laughs> and like we're seeing this like imagine this year where like fly balls are down like 26 percent distance. And then one guy's just out there yoking baseballs 500 feet. Um, let me ask you, buddy. How do you think Jerry Rice played until he was 45? <laughs> Stick him. And drugs. And drugs. I mean, MLB didn't start doing PED testing until what, like 2004? I loved when Chris Carter, like, really got on Jerry Rice's case for using Stick'em. Like, ah, you fucking cheated your way to all those, you know, records and milestones, whatever. And Jerry Rice was like, shut the fuck up. You suck, dude. (laughs) Guess what? I'm still the fucking best. Suck my dick. He is right. Yeah. Right, hold on. When do you think uh, PDs testing the NFL started? 2004. That's when the NF- M- M- MLB started. 2001. A space odyssey. Uh, uh, a steroids odyssey. Uh, and when do you think Jerry Rice retired? I just tried to, I just tried to look up Jerry Rice in baseballreference.com and unsurprisingly, zero matches. 
And I was like, wow, how did they miss this? They didn't. He never played baseball. Although it's interesting that, that no one with the name Jerry Rice has ever played baseball before because it feels like a name that would kind of just pop up. Mm. Um, but anyway, when do you think Jerry Rice retired? 2001. 2004. Damn it. That was my other answer. Yeah, so he he really he was like, oh, shit, you guys are actually testing for this now. Like, for real? I got to go. Shit. Apparently playing football without these drugs sucks. I'm out of here. Yeah, right. Yeah, because uh, his career started in 1985. Um, so yeah. that's ridiculous. Yes. Yes. It he should have just gone for uh, 20 years at that point. Well, like you said, I mean, he's a 42 year old man who's like, man, this shit sucks without drugs. I was really cooking in the 80s. (laughs) Oh, Jerry, that's not the drug you cook on your stove. Silly, silly. Jerry Rice, what an unfucking real stats page to look at. Oh, God, it is just disgusting. Anyway, um, not going down the Jerry Rice rabbit hole today. Not today, Satan. Um, so what team in MLB do you think has the worst weighted on base average as a as a hitting team? Reds. Yeah, it's the Reds. You know what their weighted on base average is? No. It's two sixty seven on base. Average, not batting average. Their weighted on base average is 267. MLB average 305. They are the worst. What about their expected weighted on base average? You know, sometimes the, the real stats don't line up to the expected stats. You s- s- crush a ball right out of the fielder. It's still the worst in baseball. <laughs> They're underperforming their ex Woba, but not by much. Their ex Woba is 296. Um, MLB average 329. Wow. But let me ask you, Corwin, who do you think has the worst pitching Woba in MLB this season? The Reds. It's still the fucking Reds. Yes, their uh, their pitching Woba is 365, which means if you come up to the plate against a Cincinnati Reds pitcher, you are getting on base 36% of the time. Wild, uh, MLB average three oh five. That's uh, you need to be special to get to three and twenty. You do. Now they are outperforming their ex woba. Um, their 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 actual results are much worse than what ex woba would tell us. They're not dead last in ex woba. That honor belongs to the Nationals with their three sixty one ex woba. The Reds is three. 47 MLB average there is also 329 but I mean my god and so now Corwin I would like to play would you like to play a game uh tell me the red lineup in the basket <laughs> uh Jonathan gun, India gun, gun to your head someone <laughs> someone, someone in the state uh, in the city of Cincinnati is about to shoot you <laughs> Right through okay. the dome if you can't name okay. the Reds starting lineup. Okay. Um, all right. First base, Joey Votto. Currently on the 10 to IL, but yes. <laughs> uh, well, I've already been shot, so there's yes. no point in continuing. Go ahead. Uh, Jonathan India. Currently on the 10 to IL. <laughs> Go ahead. 
I assume they just have uh, Jesse Winker's uniform laid out in left field. Uh, nobody in it, just they kind of laid it out there. Open, you know, ball flies into a glove. You know what's um, weird? They don't have a listing for who's been DHing for them, even though it's 2022 and they have a DH. I wonder if baseball the pitcher put- <laughs> they just <laughs> keep sending the pitcher out there. So I guess I'm going to assume a DH for them. But uh, all right. So you got who do you have at shortstop for them? You got you got first for Joey Votto, second for for Jonathan India. Who's their shortstop? Josh, Tell I me who their na- fucking I, shortstop is. I couldn't name another player on that team. So you wouldn't be surprised or you you would be surprised if I told you it was a man by the name of Kyle Farmer. Yeah. I know the name, but I never would have been able to name him on the Reds. Kyle Farmer, who's in his sixth MLB season and has a career war, career war of 1.9. That's tough. That's just so tough. Yeah, that's um, yeah. All right, so that's the shortstop. Third baseman for the Cincinnati Reds. Who's in the hot corner for the Cincinnati Reds? Uh, not Tell Eugenio me. Suarez. Not a Eugenio Suarez. And you said it right that time, too. Good for you. Eugenio. Eugenio Suarez, yeah. Who 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 is it? I Tell don't me. know. I have no idea. <laughs> Name a woman. Uh, Colin Moran. Holy shit, he got... He signed with the Reds, traded to the Reds. His wow. OPS plus with them this season is 38. Yeah, he's not, not a good player. The uh, pirate no. red beard. Uh, who do you got for uh, their outfield? Name three guys in the outfield. Huh. <laughs> Your uh. absolute puzzlement is so funny because I also share it and it's not like <laughs> you're looking at the roster <laughs> and it's, it's also it's not like like we know the ins and outs of every team but it's like i can name a couple of guys in the outfield yeah. like the rockies yeah. but like the reds is a mystery i could give you at least half the lineup of pretty much any team um but the reds is like who are you people you asked me this last year i could probably give you the majority of the lineup i can't give you anyone right now nobody all right, their their outfield, aka people I didn't realize played for this team. Um, well, Tyler Naquin, who I knew played for the team. Um, Nick Castellanos. Nope, nope. He's in Miami. No, he's not in Miami. He's he was supposed Philly. to be in Miami, then they didn't want him. Yeah, Philly. Um, Nick Senzel is in center. Oh, I should have known that one. Yeah, and Tommy Pham is in left. You know, I should have known that one because of how he's tried to start a fight with the Padres. Which who hasn't tried to start a fight with the Padres? Well, you would hope a guy doesn't leave the team and then immediately starts trying to set up fights at his friend's boxing gym with players from the Padres. That's the funny. That was the funniest shit in the world. Like my buddy's got a boxing gym. Let's fight. Like you don't need the boxing gym to fight somebody. Just FYI. If you want to fight somebody, just have fists and free time. Yeah, like, Like it's not like no one's ever fought on a baseball field before or like in a parking lot or like at <laughs> your house. I, I mean, look, I'm not condoning fighting, but like, I'm just saying, if you feel that strongly, don't let the lack of proper equipment hold you back. Look, I get that. Like I would fight you. you but know. We'll have a referee who is approved by the boxing association of America. 
And do I also play poker with every third Thursday of the month? Because <laughs> he's a good friend of my wife, who I'm not saying is approving of this, but I need to make sure she's okay with it first. It's like, oh, man. Dude, just say you don't want to fight, but you're mad. Uh, Tommy Pham just can't even see why that was a bad idea. I don't like, was that, was that joke supposed to be a Reds joke? No, it's uh, he has a degenerative eye disorder, so he can't see. Oh. Ah, <laughs> wow, he's still playing uh, baseball at a high level. That's crazy. He gets it fixed like every other year. And uh, <laughs> right, Doc, the, season, back in. the season where he gets like the surgery to repair it, he's like always really good at baseball. And then the next season when he doesn't, he sucks. And then he gets it repaired again and he's back to being good. And it's just like, we know what your issue is. It's just, you know. Just keep getting that knife it. to the yeah. eyeball, <laughs> my guy. Uh, DH for the Reds, real quick, is I guess some combination of Brandon Drury or Mike Mustakis, who, yes, is still alive and playing baseball for that team. All right, final challenge for you. Moose, there are in the state of Ohio. One. One. Yeah. Um, final challenge. We'll move through this much quicker. Name the Reds rotation. Uh, Luis Castillo. Nope. I don't know where he is right now, but he's not pitching for them. Okay. I I don't know. That was the only one I got. <laughs> I I I mean, his uh, name is not here. I don't know where he is. Tyler Molly. Tyler Molly's there. Yep. Uh. Uh. uh Wade might no, he didn't get resigned. Um, I don't know. Uh, Vladimir Gutierrez, who was a rookie last year, off to a strong start. Um, sure. la- last year, I mean, he was this this year. He has an ERA of seven point four one. Um, Hunter Green, their rookie call up, who has an ERA. One I should have gotten. Okay. Rayver San Martin, I've never heard of him before. Um, currently has an ERA of thirteen point seventy eight. Um, this is his same same as the amount of letters in his last name. Yep, uh, Nick Lodolo, who is also Pardon? currently on the ten day IL. And I am trying wow. to figure out where Luis Castillo is right now. And okay, he is hurt to start the season, so he's not up yet. All right, that's what. I, all right, there we go. That's that's bad. But let me tell you what's good, Corwin. The New York Yankees are good. I knew you were just going to go with a different team. <laughs> the New York Yankees have the best record in all of baseball. And you know what's great about that, Corwin? The Yankees are the best team it's not the Dodgers. universe has ever known. Oh, fuck off. The Yankees are the best. The Yankees uh, are, are, are they're not just America's team. They're not just my team. They're God's team. Handed down from the heavens. Those pinstripes? That is the color of God's skin. <laughs> listen, listen, God shits pinstripes. I, the last thing we need to talk about right now in this society in America today is what God wants, because clearly what God wants is not what America wants. Uh, it depends on what color your skin is and what part of the nation you live in. But yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, 
Are you white? Are you from Kansas? I've got the God for you. Uh, oh, God. It hurts to laugh. Eh, life is fucking pain, man. But whatever. Um, Not for this show, anyway, I should say. Not, not whatever, but... Uh, 18 and six, man, an 11 game win streak to start the season. And this is from a team that has started off very slow the past the few years. Huh? To start the season? I mean, at the start of the season, I okay. should say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cause in the past few years, we've, I, we, it feels like we've talked a lot about how the Yankees have started off, uh, you know, like six and 12 or like, yeah. uh, eight and eight and 12 or some shit like that. And it's been, you know, they, they'll drop a, f- a couple early, series to, to the the Rays or the the Orioles or the Red the Sox Reds. or some divisional opponents and they're like they'll get swept by the Tigers and they'll be like oh god it's because it's cold and everyone hates because it it's so so damn cold and so to have them start off hot has just been or to have them hit this hot streak so early on against bad teams which is great teams that we should be sweeping oh it's been a dream <laughs> Yankees second highest weighted on base percent hitting the highest Wobicon. They have the highest barreled ball percent, the highest hard hit percent, the highest average exit velocity, the highest expected batting average, the highest expected slugging, the highest expected weighted on base and the highest X Wobicon. The Yankees doing well. You as a Yankees fan have uh, two moods. It's either the Yankees are doing well and everyone else can literally chortle my balls or what was me? Life is not worth living. Yankees suck. Therefore there is no joy in the world. Chortle my balls. I, no, I, don't, I don't know I don't, which is worse. I don't think I have the second one. I'm usually not the, the, the doom and gloom Yankees fan. Cause uh, it's tough to be doom and gloom when you're, going to the playoffs every year, even if it's not as good as you want it to be. You know what I mean? Sure. I I have too much experience rooting for the Jets to get too doom and gloom over the Yankees. <laughs> you do f- bring that up fairly often when the Yankees are sucking. It's like, yeah. I can't be mad. I watched the Jets for half like, the year. I can't be upset at being barely over 500 when the Jets haven't been near 500 in about 10 years. <laughs> so... Yeah, not that mad. Next um, always next year. Yeah, and it, it's coming at an interesting time where the Mets have also been off to a really great start. They have one of the other best records in baseball, if you care about those things, for the National League. Suck the, suck my balls, National League. Um, Mets currently sitting on top of the NL East, which is bad for my <laughs> bold predictions, um, with, yes, the, the best record in the National League. Um and it's so interesting to see them both doing this in kind of opposite ways. The Mets have been doing really well pitching uh, as well as the Yankees. The Mets are second in Woba for pitching. Yankees are fourth. Um, I'm not counting that much, so I'm going to skip that stat entirely. The Mets are second in expected batting average. The Yankees are fifth. The Mets are, um, oh shit, sorry, sec- third in um, expected slugging. The Yankees are second. The Mets are second and expected weighted on base. The Yankees are third. And for X Wobicon, the uh, Yankees are third and the Mets are sixth. So they're really like, like you know, neck and neck in a lot of the, the important kind of rate stats for pitching. 
but it's such a wildly different story when you look at the hitting side of it, which is something that, that uh, has been talked about um, or been talked a lot about uh, by baseball stats, talking heads, um, which is that the Mets just aren't really hitting the ball very hard. Their weight, their current actual weighted on base is pretty high as a team. It's 325, which is good for the fourth best in all of baseball. But if we look at barrel ball percent, they're the fourth worst in baseball at 6.1%. The only three teams worse in barrel ball percent than the Mets are the Nationals, the Cardinals, and the Pirates. It's bad. That's that's not great. And if you look at hard hit rate, the Mets are the second worst team in baseball at hard hit rate. Only the Cardinals are worse than them. 33.5% of their um, batted balls are hit hard. In comparison to the Yankees, who lead this category at 48.8 and league average of 39.1. So six percentage points worse than league average. And, you know, when you have an, as many batted ball events as occur in a game, that doesn't necessarily mean hits. It just means that you batted the ball. Those six percentage points, it's a big fucking difference. So um, it's not insignificant stuff. So their their actual WOBA, once again, is is good for fourth best in baseball. Woohoo! Uh, but if you look at their, their expected weighted on base, they're a little bit more middle of the road. They're, they're, they're sitting somewhere, I mean, like literally in the middle of the pack between the Marlins and the Orioles. But for a team whose record is that high, you, you'd kind of expect this to come crashing down in kind of an ugly way. You know, like their, their pitching is probably going to hold. Their pitching has been really, really good. And the Mets have had really good pitching for years now. And Jacob DeGrom still has yet to come back. It's foolish. You think he's going to. He's start, it's starting to sound like uh, like when Christ comes back, we got this. You know, that's kind of how it is to have Jacob DeGrom come back. You know, Which, you know, what? actually, it's it's more like um, at Seder, you leave a, you leave the door open for Elijah and you leave a little cup for him. He's never going to show up. Uh, but like, hey, like, let's just pretend he's going to. I'm like, maybe one year he will. And it's like, that's Jacob DeGrom. Like, oh, we'll keep pretending he's coming back for real this time. And then he'll pitch three games and then he'll get hurt and he'll go oofy, ouchy, my elbow. Um, and have to go pitch against a bunch of double A scrubs again. But whatever. Um, but he's going to come back healthy this time. Like forever. Yay. Um, but, but, you know, so having good pitching will obviously certainly help, but it's going to be tough when the pitching hits a skid for any, any short period of time and the batting results finally start matching up to the batting um, underlying stats and the Mets have a tough period. Uh, Obviously we can expect fluctuations in both the high end and low end of any leaderboard right now. The Yankees will almost assuredly get worse at some point. Um, because having your stats be this high, as high as they are, is a thing that's going to be impossible to maintain over the course of an entire season, uh, at least without some level of fluctuation, one would expect. But with both faces performing so high, the likelihood that both sides of their game will come to some median regression simultaneously is a little bit lower than having it be staggered to some extent, which is what would help build success. Our pitching is is doing poorly while our hitting is still maintaining. So we're winning a few games eight to seven uh, versus our pitching is doing really great at a time in which our hitting is struggling. And so we'll win a few games two to one or one to nothing if you're lucky. 
but to have both fail at the same time, which looks like one might be happening with the Mets because it's such a lopsided result right now. Um, it might be tough. Fortunately for the Mets, the division's a dumpster fire right now. But, um, you know, we always joke about how the Mets are first half teams. They are a first half of the year team. And this year we're really getting what a glimpse of what's to come uh, early on. This is an honest question. Shoot. This is not meant to be a joke. Do you expect the Mets to met? Yeah. Yeah, I do too. Because the Mets also have a lot of injuries with, with their with their pitching, which, you know, we usually talk about with the Angels. The Angels historically have a lot of pitching injuries. The Mets do too. It's not just like a DeGrom. It was no Syndergaard his entire career there. It's almost anybody that puts on a Mets uniform has some kind of issue eventually there. And I, look, pitchers get hurt all the time in, in, on every team. It's true, but it, it feels like maybe the focus is higher with the Mets because they're usually a pitching-heavy team, and that's where their success usually comes from because the team doesn't historically hit well. Um, so eventually their pitching will regress a little bit because again, every season has fluctuations and their hitting is fortuitous. It's not earned the success that they're having. If that makes sense, the, they're not hitting the ball hard. They're not hitting it square. They're not getting the elevation that one needs to be getting to have sustained success. So it's much more likely that, those weekly hit balls stop finding gaps and start finding fielders and turning into outs. So yeah, whether they're able to turn it around again after that and pull themselves up from the, uh, you know, the, the Valley that they'll find themselves in at some point is another thing to be seen. Um, but right now it's, yeah, I'd expect it to. And also another thing I'm going to bitch about real quick from, for the Mets success. And this has nothing to do with um, wanting to tear down the Mets. Fuck Buck O'Neill. I'm tired of hearing like pundits say, ah, oh, the Mets are finally doing well because of Buck O'Neill. Thank God. Or not Buck, but not Buck O'Neill. Buck Showalter. Sorry, Buck. Showalter. I love Buck O'Neill. Buck, Buck Showalter. Fuck Buck Showalter. I'm so sick of this fucking guys. First of all, the Met, remember like a year or two ago when the Mets started off something crazy, like 18 and two or some shit like that. And everyone was like, we did it. We did it. We're going to win the World Series. And they didn't make the fucking playoffs because they, they fucked everything up. The Mets got off the hot starts. It seems like every other year, like just because they're off to a good start. Doesn't mean Buck Showalter had anything the fuck to do with it. I mean, it's, it's fucking stupid. How when can we decide as a collective fan base of the sport of baseball that the manager can only do so much and is not God himself? Buck Showalter is not going up to Francisco Lindor and saying, you fucking hit the ball this time, you big, stupid idiot. Like, it's Francisco Lindor's job to hit the ball. You know, like Buck Showalter isn't going to, to Max Scherzer and saying, here's how you really throw a curveball, kid. No, fuck you. Buck Showalter's not doing the pitching development. That's helping them bring up minor leaguers who are actually successful, like building upon Tyler McGill's good um, rookie half season. Like, this has nothing to do with Buck Showalter. Congratulate the Mets development staff. They've clearly been doing a good job. The fuck has Buck Showalter done? He's filling out those lineup guards. It's really hard scheduling Dom Smith instead of Robinson Cano. You wouldn't know how hard that is. Fuck you. Buck Showalter.
Same. Whatever. Um, what are you going to do now, Buck? I'm just waiting for the Mets to hit a rough sh- stretch and for that meme to come back. It's the best meme. I fucking love it. I mean, it's also wild because it's like, who else has overseen a demise as quick and bludgeoning as Buck Showalter? The Orioles were a playoff team, a good division winning playoff team when he was in control. And then under his supervision, they crashed into what is still today one of the worst teams in all of baseball. That is Buck Showalter's ultimate legacy in Baltimore, not winning a couple of division pennants and making the playoffs for a few seasons. It is the crushing, crushing descent of the Baltimore Orioles into a perennial 100-game losing team. Why are you rooting for this man, Mets? Because he fits right in with the Mets. <laughs> Got fired from the Yankees job because he couldn't get the job done. Leaves, and then Joe Torre is the manager for the next, like, thousand years because he keeps winning titles. Like, stop idolizing Buck because he's white and old. Those are the only two reasons people like Buck, because he's white, old, and kind of grumpy. And for some realize, reason, people like that shit. You realize what country we're in, right? I know, but that's what I'm saying. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Can we send him somewhere else? We need a second Australia to send all of our old racist white dudes that I don't like. Florida, dude. Ah, it's true. Yeah. Feed him to the Gators. Let him replace Jeter. Uh, No, I hate that. I can stop. All right, let's get out of here. I'm done with that. You got anything else you want to say? All right, well, if you want to follow the show, you can do so at Juicing Pod. If you send emails to the show, you can do so at juicingthenumbers at gmail.com. If you would like to follow Corwin on Twitter, you can do so at Corwin Heller. If you'd like to follow myself on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. And uh, that's it for today, folks. Until uh, Monday, y'all have a good one. Bye.